Okay, welcome back to another edition of Real Cop Stories. I am your host, Mal Green. Next to me is... Lady Vet. And... Uncle B. And today we got a special guest for you. Um, he's a pro bass fisherman. And uh, his name is Scott Siller. Many of you might know him. Right? Uh-huh. You've seen him on the circuit. But mm-hmm. he's a... 25-year veteran of the police department, major department, and Mm -hmm. retired. And he's also a military veteran. All right, now. So we're going to let him put all those things together. Godzilla brand can go and flourish and go to the next phase in life. Um, So with that, I want to welcome you to the program. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, my brother. Welcome. Well, I appreciate it. It's an honor to be here, and I was not expecting this type of professional studio microphones. But well, <laughs> we, we try to have fun with it. After, after doing all these things for a lot of years, it's time to have fun, mm-hmm. right? Right. So it's that kind of situation. Yeah, I did a podcast. I, 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 did, I was a guest on a podcast back in 2015, I think it was, and, yeah, it was one of those deals. The guy just called me on my cell phone, and I was sitting in the sergeant's office <laughs> at the NTF trying to <laughs> get the best signal I could, and, uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. So, yeah, no, this is a little bit of a change of pace. Oh, sure. So, let's start with um, you get into the military, right? And then you join the police department. And then how do you get into the pro-fisherman? I, I don't want to bore everybody <laughs> with, uh, with too many of the details, but I think a lot of our stories are probably really similar, especially mm-hmm. the guys that were in the service. But, you know... Uh, you know, I grew up out in Wyoming and went to college for a semester in, in California, <laughs> and that didn't work out too good. And what, you didn't like being with the hippies? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and that's about, it was in San Francisco, so yeah, there was plenty of hippies. <laughs> Trust me, I did not fit in, but um, yeah, so I went home and scratched my head on what I was going to do, so yeah, you know, saw a recruiter and Actually, I was 19. I saw the recruiter in the bar. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have been there, and probably he shouldn't have been there either. Right, right, <laughs> but, right. But, but it He's worked like, out. I got another yeah. one on hook. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, I'm I like, can make my quota. Yeah, right. He's in uniform at the Boot Hill up in Gillette, Wyoming. And I was like, damn, that's pretty cool, you know. And so, yeah, he described this uh, summer camp thing to me, and I thought, well, that sounds pretty cool. And get paid to do it. Yeah, sign me up. 636 bucks a month. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. But you know what? The neat thing about that whole thing now, looking back, is and just like when we sign up for deferred comp, right? When mm-hmm. you're a young, young cop, you don't mm-hmm. think much of it. But now when you retire and you look at that deferred comp, it's like, man, I'm so yes. happy I did it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the military is another thing because, you know, uh, you know, if you were in the service, you get credit for that. Uh, so, so, so I got an extra year and a half wow. of credit for mm-hmm. service. You know, that's but two and a half percent plus another half. So anyways. Every bit counts. Yeah, no, yeah, no doubt. When you're on a fixed income, man, every bit counts. <laughs> yeah, it does. Fixed uh-huh. income. Got to get used to that one. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> how do you get to the police department? So, yeah, I, uh, I applied all over the place. And um, when I was still active duty, I was stationed, actually, ironically enough, back in San Francisco. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, just can't shake those hippies. Huh? Yeah, I met a girl when I was in San Antonio in the military oh, from here. here so go. I applied for Milwaukee PD and I applied for Wyoming and um, Milwaukee's where I got hired first. All right. So the the agreement was if I got hired in Wyoming, we would have stayed there. If I got hired here, we'd stay here. And sure. So I got hired here first, and shit, a couple of years later, got divorced. But, right. You know, the job lasted, the woman didn't. Right, right, right. <laughs> so how do you get on this pro circuit? Yeah, so there was a cop at number seven on the late shift that uh, I referred to him as Gary. He took me back. I grew up fishing for trout out in Wyoming, and he took me bass fishing one time. I kind of fell in love with it. So I went out, bought a bass boat, joined a bass club, and and just I don't know it's maybe it's a competition thing maybe the the correlation between police work and fishing is very similar you mm-hmm. know you drive around in a cop car for six seven hours mm-hmm. doing nothing driving in circles and then all of a sudden shots ring out and people are falling on the hood of your car and everything <laughs> else fishing's no different right you're making a hundred casts it's boring it's quiet birds are chirping and then all of a sudden you know big four pound bass hit your lure and sure. all mm-hmm. hell breaks mm-hmm. loose right, right so i don't know if it's that correlation or what but i definitely you know enjoyed the whole fishing thing and and then course competition is mm-hmm. something you know growing up wrestling and wrestling in high school and college it's just the competition is what really drew me into it uh-huh. and i wanted to get better and better and better and learn and read and do the go to these seminars and everything else and i had an opportunity in 2013 i had a really good year uh in the local fishing tournament circuit so Mm -hmm. caught the eye of somebody and they said why aren't you fishing professionally Mm -hmm. and i said i can't afford it you know Mm -hmm. with the travel and and the entry fees and everything else and they said well if we come up with the money and sponsor you would you consider doing it actually this was in 2012 so 2013 was my first year and i did the um uh, at that time it was called the northern opens of the bass masters Mm -hmm. um there were three tournaments that worked out okay with our vacation time. I mean, you know, at that <laughs> time, I think I had, I don't remember if I was at four weeks or five weeks, but I used the vacation to do those those Bassmaster tournaments. I enjoyed it. And then my second year doing them, um, it would have been my fifth tournament overall of the Bassmasters. And trust me, man, my first one was in Richmond, Virginia. And, and, and before the tournament started, there was 196 guys in the tournament, 196 pros. Mm. The night before the tournament, I called my uncle and I said, hey, you know, I'm going to win this tournament because, you know, I'd pretty much won all kinds of tournaments a year before. Sure. And uh, I called him. I said, I'll win this tournament. I'm I'm pretty convinced of it. And then there, I think it was 193, 196, something like that. And I took like 190th. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought, all right, well, these are the big boys and, mm-hmm. you know, I got some work to do. And right. But my fifth one I was is the one I was leading the first two days. And mm. so I, I ended up walking out of there with about twelve thousand five hundred bucks out of that tournament. And mm. and then I'd take that. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> it worked out, man. I mean it worked out real good until the end of the year when I had to pay taxes on <laughs> it. But so yeah, so that's kinda how that whole bass fishing thing started and now, you know, so the last couple of years of doing it, I, I really had anticipated that the year I retire uh-huh. would be the year I would do it full time. Mm-hmm. I would go fishing from kind of break out. Yeah, break mm-hmm. out, man. Mm-hmm. Be on the water every day. I mean, there might not be a tournament for two months, but up until those two months, mm-hmm. I will be practicing on that lake. Sure. And and so the first tournament was last week, um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I was there a month early and 
220 guys in the tournament. I ended in 33rd. I got a check for almost 3,500 bucks, and sure. it's just a good way to start it off. So, sure, yeah, sure. it's working out. A win is right. a win when you're getting some cash. That's right. That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. On a fixed income, right, you need right, it. Yeah. Right, right, right. That's right. So now, now, when did you know that you were kind of famous in the sport or known in the sport? Well, that's it's it's so you know right off the bat when you when you get put into that. I hate using the word platform because it's been overused mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But but you know when you're doing that, you are given this platform mm-hmm. that people automatically look up to you because you're doing it. I don't care how good you're doing it mm-hmm. or how well known you're there, mm-hmm. and that gains the respect from a lot of young kids, a lot of people that want to get to that level, and that's sort of how it started. Um, and 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 then from that point on, it's just like you when you started this podcast mm-hmm. off. It's selling your brand. Sure. If if you tell people that you're famous, mm-hmm. that's what they want to hear, mm-hmm. right? So when you're out fishing mm-hmm. and you're fishing a Bassmaster tournament, and I take a Bass Pro Shops hat mm-hmm. and I autograph it and give it to a kid, that means a lot to them. Sure. Right. Yes. But yeah. you know. He you, met the real deal. Right. But you guys in this room that have been around me for 25 years right. know if I handed you an autograph hat, you'd hand it back to me. <laughs> right? <laughs> but but when you're on the road right. and you're at the gas station near a venue where the tournament is, mm-hmm. it's a big deal to them. Sure. They sure. want to get a picture with you. So, for example, I was in Gillette, Wyoming a couple years ago, which is where I grew up. That's mm-hmm. my hometown. A couple years ago, I was out there, and uh, I called – the newspaper. Mm-hmm. I told him I was in town. Okay. I told him I was a big deal. Right. Right. The big game is in That's town. That's right. Become get right. I, I I talked to the sports reporter. I told him, man, mm-hmm. I'm in town. Right. Right. Dang. Big fish is here. That's right. I did. Right. And uh, I told him, I said, I want to do a free fishing seminar at the Gillette Fishing Lake. Okay. Okay. This is mm-hmm. where I grew up. I'm a big deal now. Right. I'm coming back to give back to the community that mm-hmm. I grew right. up in, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. right? And I wasn't a big deal at all, <laughs> right? But I told him I was. <laughs> and in that town, man, uh-huh. you know, it's like that town, you just never leave, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So the next day, front page of the newspaper, wow. big oh, picture of me out. holding up two fish. Mm-hmm. Scott Siller's in town right. to do wow. a free fishing seminar. <laughs> Man, it packed the lake. There was people all over the place, wow. right? Wow. But think about it. Oh. I sold that story. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Man, it's just using your ingenuity. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. and, uh, so now did fishing did fishing help you with uh, balancing now some of the traumas of the job? Oh, most definitely. I mean, if if you don't have an outlet, if you don't have something to think about. Mm-hmm. If you don't have something to think about at the end of the day, mm-hmm. at the end of a work day, mm-hmm. if you're going to go home and sit on your couch and think about the the 20 pointer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or the victim of a shooting or the victim of a sexual assault. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go home and sit on your couch mm-hmm. and think about what you did that day at work, mm-hmm. it's going to drive you crazy. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right? It's going to take That's a toll right. on you. Sure. But when I get home at the end of the day and I think about the upcoming tournament, and I'm not trying to take away from the victims sure, of what we do. You're not trying to minimize no, their trauma. not at all. Mm-hmm. Right. All I'm saying is just from a mental health standpoint, if, if I, when I get home, 
I go out in the garage and I open up my, my fishing boat, my lockers, and I start tying on lures mm-hmm. and start thinking about the tournament that's upcoming. Sure. How I'm going to catch them. Man, I completely forget about the the trauma and the violence that we mm-hmm. see on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, honestly, I feel like I'm about as sane as sane can be. Mm-hmm. That's sure. That's a good thing. Now, sure. maybe the the crown crown royal salted caramels <laughs> help and i don't know but you know what i mean i i honestly don't i feel like a very sane individual mm-hmm. right right, right. would you say having a retirement plan of doing fishing after retirement helped that transition into retirement oh i i for sure knowing that no so you know i just i it's funny you asked that because they just, I just saw a thing on Facebook. Somebody posted it on the MPD Facebook page about the, the the trouble transitioning for officers from being a cop for 25 years mm-hmm. to being a, to to not to losing that identity, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it, and that's one of the things they talked about. But yeah, this has been a dream of mine for three or four years. I mm-hmm. couldn't wait to get here to do what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. and uh, you know. Retired officer called me just an hour ago, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Dave. I don't know if we can say names or not, but he was a, a bike man, and he, and he called, and, you know, and he asked me. How, you know, I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, man, I mean, I, I feel great. You know, I turned my equipment in before I went on that final vacation. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, the badge, the guns, the whole kit and caboodle, man, you can have it all. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm done. Mm-hmm. You were ready. No regrets at all. Mm-hmm. Was and that's any? simply because of what you just said. Mm-hmm. And I had something to look forward to as yeah, fishing professionally, mm-hmm. full time in 2020. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So you didn't have, you didn't go through the the withdrawal syndrome that some people do. Well, no, but I mean, you know, I mean, it's obviously early, but I don't anticipate having any type mm-hmm. of withdrawals. Sure. You know. Yeah, because we've been talking to a number of officers that they they didn't have that plan. They didn't know what they were going to do. Right. They, mm-hmm. it, it's just unfolded and. They had that withdrawal syndrome, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there were some active officers that were, you know, kind of scared about that whole withdrawal syndrome, mm-hmm. especially street coppers. Mm-hmm. You know, management is manager. You know, I don't like to just, I'm not just throwing them to the side, but street coppers have a, a different type of attitude when they come off, you know, mm-hmm. now I'm not policing this thing anymore mm-hmm. and so we've had that kind of conversation and we we've realized that our support network is not there mm-hmm. for those folks that are going through those problems and that's kind of what we try to make the podcast about too mm-hmm. bringing them in so that they can tell their stories show that you know show right. them that the family's still with you right you know mm-hmm. we're just doing different things now right you know and and they've been appreciative to mm-hmm. it right you know there's no doubt, man. I mean, we, uh, you know, man, I, when I started at District 7 in 95, man, you, I looked up to you then. Oh, um, That's all of you at the table. I mean, we will, we didn't, we didn't, we weren't raised the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, we come from completely different backgrounds, uh-huh. but the police department brought us all together and mm-hmm. i and i've I mean, we'll be lifelong friends man mm-hmm. i mean you know oh, yeah. I- any of you at this table or anybody that is listening to this if you ever call and say hey scott mm-hmm. man i need a hand i got a question for you mm-hmm. hey i'm going on vacation can i stay at your house mm-hmm. i mean that's a no-brainer mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. done man sure. i will Change. always be your family mm-hmm. right? 
And mm-hmm. I and I don't doubt that you guys would be my family oh, as well. Absolutely. No, don't. Absolutely. The thing about you, something that you raised up is very important. Right. You're now working this job that you're doing life and death with. And everybody comes from a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. So not only do you have to struggle with the point of of some kind of culture shock, right? Mm-hmm. You're still doing life and death. Mm-hmm. You still got to get in the car and do mm-hmm. a job, mm-hmm. right? And, and and you're still dealing with, you know, uh, well, how do I approach this person? I don't know how, you know, and regardless of what anybody says, mm-hmm. ethnic backgrounds matter, mm-hmm. you know, and especially when you're in a work environment, mm-hmm. and especially when there's guns involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I need to get the notice first. That's right. 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 At least one. A couple of sips of coffee. Some, uh, you know, mm-hmm. can I buy your lunch? Uh, something. Yeah, that's right. right? Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. You know, yeah. And I never thought about it in that, that term until you said so. You know, and that's something that we'll probably take up as a group later on mm-hmm. is that you are thrown into this mixed bag. Right. The same way with the military, too. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're there, and this, that, and the other, unless you're doing, um, um, you know, lifelong duty, usually people transition out of the military. So you already got a sense of that. But if you come from something that, a background where you don't have that already, and now you're thrown in this thing, with these folks, and they're like, "Here's your family." That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Trusting that you're gonna have my back when right. I need it. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's your yeah. family. Yeah. And you, and you, <laughs> you right. better get along because mm-hmm. your ass get shot out here. <laughs> right. You on your own. Mm-hmm. You know, you know that kind of shit. So you better get along. Right. 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 That's a different connotation, and that's something people don't really realize when they have a police department, especially a big metro police department. With a lot of different ethnic groups and whatnot, sure. mm-hmm. yeah. they don't realize that these people are just thrown in a mixed bag together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get along, right? Get, get along, along. Yeah. exactly. Right. Get that job done, damn it! Mm-hmm. Right, right. I ain't trying to hear your problems. Mm-hmm. Get the job done. Protect and serve. Right, right. Exactly that. And that that takes a lot of time. Well, a total lot of people. It does. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, some people can adapt to it, and some people just yeah. can't. Sure. You know, that doesn't take away from them being great cops. But mm-hmm. right, but right. You know what I'm saying? There are certain personalities out there, yeah. and I believe I was one of them. You know, I was always friends with everybody. Right. Partners with been cool you know. I know you're gonna edit it out, but uh, well, been cool but you're. I mean, we were partners on 670, man, <laughs> down in District 7, early power shift. Mm-hmm. Okay. If anybody can learn to work with somebody, <laughs> <laughs> and I love him to death, man. Mm-hmm. I still do to this day, mm-hmm. you know. But he was a little bit, I mean, him and I came from, com- and I think most people came from a dip- different upbringing than him. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Mm-hmm. But he's one of the most genuine, mm-hmm. straight shooting Mm-hmm. Guys, ever now nah, he stays ain't shoot. Sh- he can't shoot a gun straight, mm. but when he's talking to you, he's shooting straight. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah. But no yeah, bad. you know, it, it comes down to that, man. We got to depend on each other as friends and family, and that's because the department. I'll give you an example, man. I got I opened my mail yesterday. Now you know Monday was my first official day of retirement. Okay, mm-hmm. officially, even though I hadn't been to work in a month because I ran my time out. But so I got a big thick envelope yesterday. From uh, from payroll or personnel, it was one or the other. I forget. And of course, I got nervous right away. Right. I thought, man, this is 
this is bad news, man. This is going to say something like, hey, you didn't quite meet the criteria or whatever. If I was going to say bring your ass back to work. Something, <laughs> right? <laughs> we need help, man. The DNC's coming. <laughs> right. Guess what? Just show right. the days. Bring Don't worry. You'll, 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 be at, you'll be behind the desk, man, but we need help. It was but, all uh, a dream. But, you know, man, I opened this envelope up, and I'm not kidding. I was super nervous. But the first letter was like a congratulations on your retirement, signed by the chief, and then uh, – and then, there, then, then the next thick part was like a questionnaire or something. Uh, I forget what they called it. but like, Is it an exit questionnaire? Yeah, yeah, like an exit questionnaire, okay. right? But it's voluntary, so right. I didn't do it, right? Because I really didn't have much. You know, my mom always told me, if you ain't not got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Right. But uh, but and, and it's not that I didn't have nothing nice to say, but I just didn't feel like it's. I'm not taking my time to, to, to fill it out. It. Yeah. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. But then the third thing was a, a job opportunity, right, with the city, and you know, because you know, you know, a lot of these guys come back and they're PSS, yeah. PSSP or PSPI, you know, I mean, they're right. different, this, that, and the other, whatever. And I'm like thinking to myself, well, that's kind of neat, you know. I mean, I got the, the the posting for this job opportunity back to come back to the department, which I mm -hmm. wouldn't have taken, mm -hmm. but I was still interested in reading it to see what the pay was and everything, right? Mm -hmm. And it was only one, just one piece of paper, man, and it was to be a. Uh, a crossing guard for 12 <laughs> bucks an hour. And, I, and I, I folded back. I thought, man, somebody must have just put this in the envelope as a joke. <laughs> but, but maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> you know? But I, I've, been to, I've seen them barking. <laughs> first of all, I'm not old enough to do that. <laughs> So yeah, one. so you you might get if you get the same one, you gotta let me know, because <laughs> you'll probably get the PSSI one, the good one, you know. <laughs> you know, twelve something an hour, man. I'm like, I mean, wow. twelve bucks an hour ain't a bad deal, but mm -hmm. but the whole crossing guard thing. <laughs> That's uh, we do appreciate yeah, no. our crossing guard. Oh, well, I'll that go find the bass, man. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll sign a couple of hats, man. I'm good. <laughs> That's because you had a plan. <laughs> right. Thank you. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, you're killing me. You're killing me. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. That was it. There yeah. wasn't nothing else in there. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's all I qualified for. <laughs> wow. Oh, I, I, I just, you know. And that's what I'm talking about. You know, it, it, it's, it's a good time, you know, yeah. and it's a long career. Mm -hmm. It's a long career. Now, uh, what, what, what kind of stories stick out in your head when you're talking about your policing career? You know, we, yeah, I know, and I'm an off-the-cuff kind of guy, and we we all have um, uh, stories of, you know, hitches we've taken, mm -hmm. and and, it's, and it kind of lines with the military. A lot of times you'll hear somebody else's hitch, and then it kind of incorporates into what your hitch was, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go there, because we've all done, man. We've all we all have that 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 assignment that's funny it's mm -hmm. sad it's it's exciting whatever but um the thing that was always hardest for me um was off duty mm -hmm. uh off duty things right mm -hmm. because the All department right. took that stuff serious right yeah, if you sure. you know mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. we were not citizens uniform, man. you can't right. call the police if, if if the neighbor's you know playing their music loud mm -hmm. you know because if you call the police good then a sergeant's gonna come and yeah. Remember, you know, up until just a couple of years ago, man, you couldn't drink. You couldn't get drunk right. off mm -hmm. duty. Mm -hmm. 
So, shit, I could never call the cops. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But I had a, um, yeah, so that, so I, but I remember one time, I'm going to tell this story, it's very embarrassing. And I wish we could say names, man, because some of these people involved in these stories, it's just their personalities alone that make the story funny. Well, you could use a first name. All right. Perfect. Right. All right, because you'll know, because he's got a right. unique first name, so right. that'll work. Right. But, um, <laughs> you know, I got divorced in uh, <clears throat> in 2001, and then uh, and then my second divorce <laughs> was in 2008, I think. And I, I got lucky in both of them. I got my pension and my deferred comp and everything else shown. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, my second divorce is just was just finalized because we never really went to court. Um, she's she's a missing person, and they just uh, after so many years of them being missing, then they'll uh, allow the divorce. Mm. I'm just teasing. <laughs> <laughs> she's still alive. <laughs> I'm like, uh, <laughs> we good. I joke <laughs> about a that, disclaimer but disclaimer to the show. No, I actually get along great with both my ex-wives, so <laughs> I do. I, I do get along great with both of them. So, my name but is. uh, but I was divorced, and uh, <clears throat> and I had a I had a female friend that um had a lot of drama in her life and whatever and so she told me one time uh she said that she was having problems with her Mm ex-boyfriend stalking her and this that you know of course she called for police advice sure you know so i was there to offer it yeah and uh hope by your 45 (laughs) (laughs) right yeah Yeah. don't worry about that little restraining order thing just get yourself a gun yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that's just a minor detail (laughs) right (laughs) yeah um so so she ultimately ends up uh, wanting to come by and say, and, I, and we, her and I had a long, long friendship. This mm-hmm. was just purely a friendship, and mm-hmm. I promise you that. But anyways, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so she comes over, and uh, I was day shift. It was wintertime, so um, sunset, or sunset early. She gets over to the house about 6.30, and uh, I remember cleaning the house up and everything. Excuse me, because I was uh, single. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's something you gotta do, right? <laughs> when, right. When you're single right. and you got a right. lady coming over, yep. Now, yep. Oh shit! I yep. got a vacuum cleaner. That's door. right. But, yep. Right. And mm-hmm. you talking to other people right. on the phone? What are you doing? A vacuum cleaner? Well, sounds like somebody's coming over. Shut the fuck up. That's right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, hide the ramen noodles, you know. <laughs> so we took a champagne, baby. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> yeah, that's about how it went, too, man. Man, I even lit a candle, you know. All right. It was All right. <laughs> but uh, so I got a long driveway. She pulls up my driveway, and I went to the back door to let her in. And uh, and when she shut her car off, I saw her, you know, she hit the key fob thing and her headlights flashed around my truck onto my garage door and everything. I could see them flash, but then as soon as they went off, I could have swore I saw headlights still on my garage. And I thought, well, that's sort of weird. And uh, she sprints around the corner and she goes, oh, my God, he followed me. You know, lock your door. He's going to kick your door and stab you to death, you Mm -hmm. know. And so I, of course, locked the door right away and everything. But, you know, that day... I, I didn't do my normal routine of taking off my pistol belt in my room and the normal things I normally do because I knew she was coming over and I was in a crunch to vacuum, you know. <laughs> like so I dropped my pistol belt in the front uh, by my front door mm-hmm. and started cleaning up and everything real quick and everything. So <clears throat> so anyways, when she does that, now, now I'm 
honestly, because I knew she told me he was a UFC fighter. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not a UFC fighter. <laughs> sure. So the odds weren't looking good for me right. at that point. So <coughs> I thought, well, I'm going to have to get my pistol, right? Because if he kicks my door and I'm not going to go hand-to-hand with this nah, guy. Cause he's he's on a cracker. Right. He's going to mm-hmm. tie me up in a pretzel and <laughs> right. I'm done. Right. So, but I was trying to play it cool in front of her. Right, got to no sweat, baby. Yeah, this ain't nah. no sweat. Right, yeah, dude's gonna be in trouble if he kicks my door in. Right, no You're sweat. Regret that. Right. But anyway, so I went upstairs to get my pistol. Right. I get up to my room and I'm like, shit, my my belt. Where, where's my belt? It's not even here. And then I thought about it. I'm like, well, it's damn, it's by the front door. Mm. So I go back down the stairs and I can see this guy. He's in my kitchen window with his hands up, looking through the window. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. and uh, which was kind of awkward. Kind of weird. So my belt is there and my radio's there. You remember because we could take the radios home at that time. And and I thought, well, I'm not going to get on. I'm not going to be the guy to get on the radio. Hey, I need some help over here. (laughs) That's after. Calling all squads. That's after (laughs) the fact. Right. So I call District 4 Mm -hmm. on the phone. I call myself. I call District 4. Well, uh conway answers the phone he's the desk guy i guess at number four that night and i said dude i need a favor i need you to get on the radio and call uh, you know call somebody on the radio or on your phone whatever just call a squad over here mm-hmm. i only need just a car to come over but on the dl right sure i said i got this girl over here and her boyfriend filed her he's stalking her and this that and the other whatever so he's like oh scott no problem man i got you man no problem so i hang up my cell phone and uh, I had my radio on. And I hear on the radio immediately after I hang up, <laughs> assist the off-duty, right, with my address, right? So, yeah. So it didn't take long, man, and there was cops coming from every freaking direction. Mm. And now this guy takes off running across my front yard, which is pretty – it's a big front yard, mm. and they tackle him. I see flashlights fly, mm. flying around. You have see that. Yep, there you go. Yeah. How you doing now, <laughs> yeah. buddy? Mm. But you won't come back here no right. more. Mm-hmm. We'll still give you the gold medal, though, right. because you were born in 1983. <laughs> right, 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 right. Right. Yeah, so anyways. Oh, wow. uh, but anyways, so so back to my original point about not wanting to call when you're off duty because the sergeant comes out and everything else. Well, the sergeant right. came out, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately for me, was just going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this guy was a psychology major and everything else, and he talked to him first. Now, mm-hmm. the cops that showed up, and they she started, they, they interviewed her, and she started showing them text messages about all the things. Her coworker saying he was sitting in the parking lot waiting for her. He rented a car. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a great stalking case, no doubt about it. Even the cops said, man, this guy's done. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to arrest him for stalking. But the sergeant got there, and he interviewed him, and they, you know, cried on each other's shoulders about how vicious women are and you know that whole thing and Lay next thing you know i'm the villain yeah. Yeah. so yeah he comes over and he made me sound like the villain and whatever and i was just like thinking man dude are you serious he's like yeah we're not going to do anything we're going to let him go and i said well hold on a minute man let me ask you a question this is how it was presented to me mm. this guy's a ufc fighter mm. he's going to kick my door in and, and kill me mm. i said now when he's beating on my door, what if I'd have shot through the door? Mm-hmm. What would have happened to me? He goes, "Well, you probably have been all right." I said, "Okay, probably." Well, let me ask you this then. So I might have been okay, maybe I wasn't okay, but nonetheless, we go from that 
to a C10? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're telling me? He said, yeah, that's what I'm telling you. I said, well, look, that ain't going to fly with me, man. I mean, I'm not the victim of no stalking or nothing else, but I want to at least press charges for trespassing or disorderly conduct or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Check it. Check right? It. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's kind of how that whole thing went. And of course, I haven't talked to that girl since. I told her you gotta go. You got way <laughs> yeah. too many problems. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. I have right. thought about this no. life, man. <laughs> right. oh. That's a big suitcase. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, yeah. Hey, honey, it's been fun. That's right. Right. Wasn't f- right. Wasn't fun yet, but right. I, right. we <laughs> tested them waters. We're good. Right. 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 Uh, it was like I was about to be, but n- yeah. no. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. Just but you know that's the life you live as a cop, man. Sure. You know, yeah. it's not sure. a really, you know. You're more protected on duty mm-hmm. than you are off right. duty. Mm-hmm. By far. Right? Well, and, and true enough, irregardless, your scrutiny level is always going to be higher. That's just the mm-hmm. nature of the beast. Mm-hmm. You know, your scrutiny level is always going to be higher. And I, I don't mind as long as you're playing me fair. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I've got nothing to hide. Mm-hmm. So you can scrutinize me to death, you know, with a fine tooth comb. But as long as you're being fair. When you start to just be on a witch hunt, you know, and now I, I, I can't even get the benefit of now mm-hmm. because you're on a witch hunt. You're just not being fair. That That's where I have the problem at. You know, it, it has to have a balance to it, not just we're going to crucify you just because we can. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of shit don't play with me, you know. Right. But you can scrutinize me. I don't give a fuck. You know, d- did you fuck that up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I take my lumps. Mm-hmm. I fucked it up. Mm-hmm. No, I keep it moving. Why? Because I'm in the human element, mm-hmm. and this is what people don't understand. I'm a human being in a human element. Humans fuck up, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Okay, you take your lumps, you learn, and don't do that shit no more. And you keep it moving. Mm-hmm. I always say this, and people hate this phrase. Sometimes we crack some eggs, and there's nothing pretty. Don't get. Fuck what they talk about with these cameras or anything. There's nothing pretty about police work mm-hmm. because it's a human element. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be the cold, callous asshole mm-hmm. every time you come out the door. That's nothing what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Nothing what I'm talking about. There's a lot of shit that police do. It's it just not going to look pretty. If I put you in that element, hmm, what would you do? Well, they don't want to tackle that one. Well, you should have did this and that and the other, blah, blah, blah. Really? <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You think I'm coming off the somersault with kung fu kick that I never learned? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you beyond reach of state law? Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, they, it, it ain't going to happen. They see the uniform and you being superhuman. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And, and, and then, just like before, you said, I got a mixed bag of people that doing a life and death job. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she know kung fu. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, until she do that shit, I'm like, oh, god damn, this is the Matrix. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that kind of thing. So you don't never know. You don't never know. So it, it, it's one of those connotations. Right. Mm-hmm. You you came out for my shooting, right? Mm-mm. I've never been. You had something to do with my shooting. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. The, the psychiatry mm-hmm. part or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what were you doing then? I was. Um, or can you not peer say? Peer support. I was a peer support. You can say that now? We're good with that? Mm-hmm. All right. 
shrinking your brain. Yeah. <laughs> no, she was the main part of that whole thing, and it was mm-hmm. like the only person in the whole process I trusted because mm-hmm. I knew her. You know. Mm-hmm. So explain to me what that was like. Yeah. yeah. That's a big mental health part. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, for me, when you put someone in those peer support positions, it, they have to be trustworthy. Because like you said, once you get into a situation, if you don't trust the person in the position, That's right. I'm clamming up. Uh, That's right. Right. And, and like we said, we're masters mm-hmm. oh, at, yeah. at, at skirting around that mm-hmm. thing. Oh, right. yeah. Oh, no, I'm good. Right, but that's true. I mean, you were the only person I trusted mm-hmm. in the whole process. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were you were like a uh, that friendly face that mm-hmm. when you see it, it's like mm-hmm. okay, well, I, I don't have a problem talking to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, and and that becomes part of the the distrust part of it becomes part of the scrutiny level because now when you have a a incident like that, the scrutiny level. Is to the max. And they're going to fry everything that you did. So you got in the car that day with your partner. And where'd you go? You went to Starbucks. <laughs> and uh, what did you order? Exactly. And wh- mm-hmm. About what time was that? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. People don't understand. You get dissected. Right. Mm-hmm. Second by second. Right. Second by second. And so uh, what time did you take that 10-100? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and exactly what did you do in the bathroom? You know, and then we're like, they don't go in that far. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes they do. Mm-hmm. And so it's that kind of scrutiny. If you, so like I said, you can scrutinize me, but be fair. Don't be on a witch hunt. Because when you're on a witch hunt, now I fight back. Mm-hmm. Right, because that's what we're trained to do. I can remember being in court every time. Once I got attacked by the defense, I'm up, I'm up close to the podium, listening intensely, because <laughs> I'm gonna get this motherfucker. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. you you're not gonna look, make me look silly up here on mm-hmm. this stand. Mm-hmm. I'm not that dude. Mm-hmm. Right, because that's the mechanism of us fighting back. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you get to that ultimate scrutiny like that, any kind of shooting and thing, you got one person you can trust out of all these people mm-hmm. that are on this investigation. That's a serious deal. Mm-hmm. Very serious deal. No, that's a serious deal. And that's, that, <clears throat> that's the, the thing that we try to get the public to understand. At night, you got to go home with that, you know. And you have to live with that for the next six months, year, or whatever. However, it takes you to balance that thing out that you did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the whole thing. Is you know, we I think we can all get over. We can get through it. Um, you know, the mental part of it. I I think uh, just with peer support mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and friends talking, You'd bouncing think. off friends, what happened, whatever. Sure. But the the most stressful part is the administration and mm-hmm. the district attorney's mm-hmm. office. And that day, I remember. Uh, you know, just along with what you were just saying, um, the DA's office, when I had to do the interview with them, I went into the uh, the room and there's, you know, the DA's there. It was actually Chisholm mm-hmm. and, uh, and a couple of his investigators. And, I mean, there was like seven or eight. Were you in the room? You might have even been there. I can't remember. Was it the same day at night? Yeah, yep. Same day that, that evening at the uh, PAB. 
on the sixth floor. I might have came in, but I probably stepped out okay. once it started. <clears throat> yeah, there was quite a few people in the room, but it, the thing what the thing that got me was that they wanted the DA's office wanted to video it. Mm-hmm. And that's similar, like we're sitting here at this table right, right now. You know, right. we're sitting at this round table with these awesome microphones. You got cameras <laughs> around and everything else. <laughs> and what we say right now is being recorded and there's nothing you can't get it back right but mm-hmm. well when when he wanted to do this interview and it was optional mm-hmm. you know he told me right off the bat he goes this is completely optional at this point mm-hmm. and he goes but we'd like to record it and they had the video camera there and i told him i said i'll tell you what i said i'm not making a statement to you mm-hmm. well you got that video camera rolling right. i'm not gonna do it right. but you turn that video off Turn the recording devices off. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I'll answer every question you have. Sure. Mm-hmm. And the reason I did it, I had nothing to hide. Mm-hmm. No. Truth's going to come out anyways. Mm-hmm. But the way that the, 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 where we're at now as a department and as, as, as a community and as, you know, the administration, the city and everything else, they're going to look at that video camera. Mm-hmm. Not the people in that room but other people. Mm-hmm. And they're going to look at what direction your eyeballs were facing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I was just going to say. Did he take a deep breath? Mm-hmm. So right. Twitch right, right. there. That means yeah. he's guilty. That's right. Did he scratch right. his cheek? Uh, right. You know, he's lying. Right. Right. And that's mm-hmm. what I wanted to avoid. I'm not right. hiding anything. Mm-hmm. I just don't want, you know, a bunch of, a panel of people watching right. a video mm-hmm. to try to determine based on my body language mm-hmm. and my eye contact uh-huh. whether or not I'm, Mm-hmm. Telling the truth or not. That's right. 15, 20 years later. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So. Well, in real time, um, they do that. And you look at uh, folks in their interviews and, and whatnot, and they'd be like, how did his people let him get away with that interview? It was so horrible mm-hmm. that, you know, he's automatically guilty. And because everybody rushed to judgment and this, that, and the other, and you may be doing a, a interview to kind of clear the air. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm takes the wrong turn on you mm-hmm. now it's used against you mm-hmm. and and that's the danger especially what i know you can do with video it becomes a danger when you take out snippets mm-hmm. right of course and said and then you add commentary to the snippets mm-hmm. well the officer said this but then here's his response. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's somebody else dictating the direction of altering the truth. Yep, mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Right, but beyond that, I, and I agree with that 100%, but, you know, I go back to uh, uh, the Sherman Park officer. His mind slipped my mind. Mm. Mm-hmm. I know he's on. But, you know, his body cam, when I watched that video, mm-hmm. I think I was an instructor at the academy when I really dissected that video. Mm-hmm. And I, I I didn't see anything wrong with it. A matter of fact, I was like thinking in my head how proud I was of him mm-hmm. responding mm-hmm. the way that he did. Mm-hmm. Chasing him down, you know, he's right on him. Mm-hmm. Did better than I would have done. Well, in most of the old school covers I talked to, they was like, oh, he only gave him two? Right. Exactly. That was, mm-hmm. that was, Five minimum. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the video, mm-hmm. they go in slow motion, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dissect every single thing about mm-hmm. it. And they say, well, the first shot was justified. Oh, he's good. Right. But the second one that was 1.2 seconds later wasn't. Now, 
being an officer that was involved in a shooting prior to that happening, Chicken. I'm thinking to myself, holy smokes, man, 1.2 seconds? And that's that's ridiculous, right. man. Yeah. And that's a, that's a shame. Right. Now, regardless of what that officer did before or after that mm-hmm. in his personal life or professional life mm-hmm. or anything else. That wasn't that, the issue. No. no. Mm-hmm. That particular incident at that particular time, mm-hmm. that guy was a hero. Yeah. He was a good cop right. We're and talking, did the right yeah, thing. We're, we're talking. Right. Really? At, at the speed of life. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And we, if we, somebody would have stood up and said, this is legit. This is bullshit. Right. You know. Wouldn't have had these problems. This is a witch hunt. Right. And that's what I'm talking about. You can scrutinize me. Right. Right. Don't witch hunt me. Mm-hmm. No. No. Mm-hmm. It, you can't do that to cops. Right. Here in Milwaukee, in Chicago, outside the Midwest, on the West Coast, East Coast, I don't care where you're at, mm-hmm. man. You cannot do that. Mm-hmm. And if you wonder why crime is up, that's why. Because, mm-hmm. you know, as good as we're all veterans here. Some retired, some not. Mm-hmm. Man, do you want to roll the dice on your career? Because these people want to scrutinize what you're doing? Well, again, you can scrutinize me. Don't witch hunt me. Right. Mm-hmm. See, when you just want to witch hunt me, because now you have the opportunity to try to fry somebody just because it's another incident. Right. And with policing, it always can be another incident. You can have fucking three, four incidents in one night. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? That's just the nature of the beast. Right. You know, not every incident is, here we go. Now right. we got the smoking gun. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good police work that's done out there right. on a daily basis. Right. There's more, there's more mm-hmm. positive police work done right. than of negative course. by far. Right. But you see how they portray it. Of mm-hmm. course. And now, you know, the, the bullshit incidents get blown up out of proportion. Sure. And they should be handled correctly. I agree with that. I'm not trying to say we should keep a bad cop out there. Right. Mm-hmm. I would never agree to that. Right. Right. Bad police work is bad police work. I don't right. give a fuck how you stretch. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. The thing about it is, is that now the, the police departments have to turn into PR teams mm-hmm. to emphasize good police work. A cops just jumping rope with kids. <laughs> well, we're 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 all on the, on our way out and everything, but I do feel for these young officers that have twenty twenty five years ahead of them because it's a different, mm-hmm. it's a completely different beast different than it was in nineteen ninety five, nineteen ninety six. It's different. I don't. I don't. I was telling somebody today. I said yes. Police work has to evolve around the environment that they work in. And I don't have a problem with that. But again, keep it fair to them. Don't be on a witch hunt about it. And understand that, you know, they're just evolving into trying to take care. That's why we're trying to do this thing and to make sure that they have a better career than we did. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and, um, they're learning the pitfalls of this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be tough for them. Why do you have Mal Green? Why do you have a thing of duct tape on this table, man? That's what I'm curious about. Look, when you when you when you you're you're doing your producing in the studio, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you, you got cords everywhere and this that and the other. Any studio you go into, that's a uh, uh, 
a small space, <laughs> right? Duct tape is your friend. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, I see duct tape, and I feel like you're going to put it around my mouth so <laughs> I can't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle B ain't said a word all night. This is most You can take the duct tape off, man. Yeah, man, duct tape made me nervous. Interesting topics, my brother. It's definitely, definitely your friend. Okay. So uh, anything you want to part with your listening public here, because now you're the superstar. This was your episode. Well, I'll say this, man. I mean, it would be cool that I know that this podcast is going to become very popular. There's not many podcasts out there where you're going to get a group of cops together mm-hmm. to just, just say it how it is. Sure. It ain't going to happen, mm-hmm. but you're doing it. So it's going to get popular. My name is out there. Mm-hmm. I He's do the fish. Scott Siller. Scott Siller. Yep, Siller Fishing, Siller Thriller, however you want to. Right. But, you know, do my fishing thing. Uh-huh. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on on uh, on Facebook. Right. Make some comments, whatever. And you're going you to do your go own fishing. podcast. I will. I'm looking, to, I'm looking to do my own podcast, sure. uh, fishing-related podcast. Okay. Check um, it. You know, there's a few of them out there, but I'd like to do something just a little bit different, a little bit of a different twist on it. But, sure. Um, but, yeah, and I love your setup here. I, I think it's awesome. I think that uh, the p- three personalities at this table are, you know, <laughs> little. You know, I mean, you the got team. the perfect mix. All right, the team. You I gotta come well. up for a name for the team. You yeah, mesh well. right. but it, it's been an honor, man. It's really, honestly, been cool as hell to be here with you guys, and um, your 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 studio is really nicely set up, and it's very professional, and and this is the real deal, man. This is yeah, this is pretty neat. You well, you know, I'm looking forward to you know. Um, the days when we can come in and smoke a little weed <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and really get the party started. Right, right. <laughs> and get it cracking, you know. Right. Until, until that just rubs some <laughs> CBD oil on your palms or something, right? right. Yeah. Right. Somebody's right. going to get a random test soon. Yeah. <laughs> it won't be me. <laughs> well, me and Uncle B are okay, man. <laughs> You're lying. I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. Right. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Pastor Doritos, would you? <laughs> <laughs> so, with that, when we're going to wrap up another episode, um, this has been Scott Siller, and right. he is a pro bass fisherman. Make sure you find out where he is on Facebook, Instagram, all the social medias. Follow him, even if you don't fish, follow him. Right. And then when he does his own podcast, we're going to invade his shit and, and go, there you go. There you go. <laughs> have a good, good time with it. So with that, I am Mal Green. I'm Lady Vet. Uncle B. And Scott Siller. We are out.